This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. And now back with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Reese Jones. Let me remind you about Reese's background. He's from Montclair, New Jersey, and comes from undoubtedly the most talented golf design family ever. His father is legendary designer Robert Trent Jones, and both Reese and his brother Robert Trent Jones Jr. have done outstanding new course designs plus course renovation projects all over the world. Reese graduated from Yale, and his graduate studies were done at Harvard. In 1974, he founded his own design firm, Reese Jones, Inc., Reese has designed or redesigned over 225 golf courses, including remodeling seven U.S. Open sites, eight PGA Championship courses, five Ryder Cup courses, two Walker Cup venues, and a President's Cup site as well. Locally, he's redesigned Eastlake Golf Club, which is a site of the Tour Championship here in Atlanta, and it was also Bobby Jones' home course. You can also see his work at great courses like Torrey Pines, Cog Hill, Oakland Hills, Pinehurst Number 7, to name only a few of those. And here are a few of the awards and things that he's been recognized for. He won the 2013 Donald Ross Award from the American Society of Golf Course Architects. He was inducted into the New Jersey Sports Writers Association Hall of Fame in 2012 and the Northern California Golf Association Hall of Fame in 2015. He was Golf World Magazine's 1995 Golf Golf Architect of the Year and given the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America's Old Tom Morris Award in 2004, and I am deeply honored he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Good evening, Reese. Thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks a lot, Chris. So, Reese, I wanted to start out by getting your thoughts on the Open Championship. Curious to get what you thought about how the golf course played, and then, of course, Francesco Malinari's win. Well, um, it was very interesting. It was dried out, so the ball went uh, extremely long distances. Um, but I, you know, it was set up like a normal uh, open uh, championship. Uh, you had your first cut of uh, of rough, and then you had your higher rough. And because it was so dry, uh, even if they got into the higher rough, they could basically forward the ball out of there, which really gave them an opportunity to save some strokes for the same token took the spin off the ball. So uh, and and it wasn't it's not a site that has a whole lot of topography. So if they missed the greens, they had some fairly makeable uh recovery shots. Uh and I think the reason Molinari won it is that he just played every hole at it one at a time. Uh didn't try to make up ground. Uh, and then people fell by the wayside and uh he was left standing because he never made a bogey. And, Reese, as we look forward to the PGA Championship, which is coming up in just a couple of weeks at Bell Reef Country Club in St. Louis, your father originally designed that course, which opened back on Memorial Day in 1960, becoming the youngest course to host a U.S. Open in 1965, a tournament that Gary Player won. And you come in in 2005, and you renovated and remodeled the golf course. Talk about the work that you did there, and and was it odd coming in? redoing a course that your father originally designed? Well, not really, because I completely redid the Atlanta Athletic Club, um, Congressional, um, redid Oakland Hills, uh, uh, redid uh, Duke and Golden Horseshoe, a lot of my father's courses. So 
I would say I was probably the most experienced person uh, to be chosen to redo Belle Reve um, and really bring it uh, into today, today's game since the game has changed so much. Um, so uh, I kept a lot of Dad's character, but basically rebuilt the whole golf course. And I read that you redesigned the greens, and when you did, they shrunk on average by about a thousand square feet. Talk about the decision to make the greens that much smaller. Well, back when my dad designed it uh, originally, uh, you know, how many years ago? In the '60s, uh, it, uh, he was very worried about uh, the fact that. Um, uh, the, he had to lengthen the golf course, and so people were hitting two irons in and three irons into these holes. So he built the greens uh, as a fairly large size because these long shots were coming in and there wasn't much of a trajectory. Uh, today's game is a lot different, so uh, the long holes that he had then really don't play as long with today's equipment today. So uh, we shrunk the greens by a 1,000 square feet and then really built uh, transitions into the greens, which really made it very important that you hit the right section of the green in order to have a birdie putt. And if you hit pretty far away from uh, the pin, you really had to work hard to get it close to the hole to make par. Uh, so we really brought it into today's standards by doing that. And Reese, as we, as we talk about the PGA Championship and look at, you know, which players are going to be successful and what type of test of golf, you know, this course is going to present to them, what skill set do you think is going to be very important for someone to have in order to be holding the Wanamaker Trophy come late Sunday evening? Well, uh, I was at Belle Reeve with Terry Haig about a month ago, and uh, he's done a wonderful job setting it up uh, with Carlos Araya and the superintendent and uh, Mike Tucker, the pro. And uh, I think that uh, you're going to see a conventional setup. You're going to see fairways in the 26, 28-yard wide. You're going to have an intermediate cut, which is inch and a half, and then you're going to have a a rough of about three inches, and we've taken out a lot of trees, so there's a pretty good rough inside the tree line, and uh, you're going to have to manufacture some shots. So it's really going to be uh, accuracy um, as much as distance uh, for this championship because the golf course is 74 yards, and it's a par 70. So, Reese, what, what type of player do you think the course is going to favor? Is, is it going to be the left-to-right player? Is it going to be the right-to-left player? Is it going to be the guy that can hit the ball high and land it soft? Is it a more lower-trajectory ball flight that will be successful? What characteristic do you think is going to be most important in order to score well there? Well, I don't, I don't think we worry. Now that the the woods are metal, we don't worry about left-to-right, right-to-left as much because all they do is hit as hard as they can because they're capable of doing that with the construction of the ball and the construction of the club. Uh, so I think we're really going to see somebody like Jordan Spieth, uh, somebody that can really keep it in play. Um, I think, you know, Justin Thomas, uh, you're not going to see someone like Phil Mickelson who sprays the ball. And everybody in the world in St. Louis is hoping that Tiger does well there. And I think uh, the great thing for the PGA Championship coming up is Tiger is getting his game back, and I think he's got a good chance of winning there. So, to that end, is, are the guys that can hit the ball a long way off the tee, are they going to have a distinct advantage over the rest of the field, or is the course setup going to favor, you know, like you say, is it more on accuracy and less on distance? Well, the course has an ebb and flow. It's not, I mean, at Aaron Hills, I think you had uh, five par fours over 500 yards, so 
course, Kepka, who hits it a long way, really had an advantage, and so did Dustin Johnson. And, uh, and I, but then you go to the British Open where, uh, everybody was hitting it the long distance off the tee because the fairway was, were basically baked out. So the normal long hitters didn't have an advantage because they can actually, when they miss it, they're going to hit it into the high rough a little bit more. Here, I think, uh, you're really going to find a mixture. I don't think the length is going to be the factor. I think, uh, the recovery game is going to be important. Um, it's going to be very important to work these transitions when you recover, uh, from around the green. They're going to have some of the longest bunker shots, uh, from the, from the greenside bunkers to a pin if it's on the far end uh, than they've seen in a long time. So I think the bunker game is going to be very, very important. Uh, and I don't, I think it's the short game rather than the distance that's going to be a factor. And Reese, do, do players come seek you out, you know, as they prepare for a major tournament that is going to be played on one of your golf courses? They come to you and want to talk strategy or layout and feel and, you know, how the golf course plays. Are, are they looking to tap into your brain? Well, I'd love to tell you they do, but they, they really don't. They, I think they read the articles and they listen to the radio shows and, and uh, some of the blogs and like Golf Magazine has just done a, uh, uh, a, a video for them. But I think they listen to that stuff. Um, but they all play a different game. And um, they don't really learn anything by playing the golf course two months before the event because the green speeds are different than they are for the championship. So, and they go from week to week. And sometimes they try to convince themselves that it's just another tournament. But it really isn't. It's a, it's a major championship. And it's really a factor, major, important factor in their career to win a major like the PGA. And Reese, I had the, uh, the privilege of having Bill Bergen on the show with me a couple of weeks ago. Bill's become a wonderful friend of the show. And I know you guys have collaborated in the past. I believe there's a project that you're currently working on together. Talk about what it's like collaborating with Bill on a golf course redesign. Well, Bill, as you know, was a very good player. He played on the tour. Um, he's a great human being. Um, and, uh, we're at Macklemore, this project, um, near Chattanooga, which is in the mountains of, uh, Georgia. Uh, we were there together last week and basically we're on the same page. We, uh, we have the same philosophy and design, the same ideas, uh, the same experience. Uh, he has a phenomenal experience, uh, as a former professional golfer. I mean, he was in the final, he was in the foursome, or the twosome with uh, Nick Faldo at St. Andrews years ago. So he was a pretty accomplished player. And I think our collaboration is the second one is very valuable for the client because, um, I look back on a lot of my experience, uh, from all the years I've been in the business. And I think, uh, he has a great experience uh, in design as well as being a very accomplished golf professional. And Reese, you, you've mentioned some of the other golf courses that uh, that you've worked on, whether that was with your father or just on your own. And uh, I know over the years you've been nicknamed the Open Doctor. Talk about where that came from. When did that get started? Well, my father was the original Open Doctor because he was redoing um, a lot of the Open courses. And then uh, when I got to the Country Club at Brookline, which can host another Open in, I think, 2022, uh, then I did... Uh, Piners number two, and I did Hazeltine, and they did Baltus Roll, and then George Pepper of Golf Magazine dressed me up as a, as a surgeon, uh, for a, a cover of Golf Magazine, and so, uh, I sort of, uh, 
became the open doctor and succeeded my father with that mantle. So um, I guess that's way back, uh, about 25 years ago. And Reese, as, as you mentioned a moment ago, the distance the golf ball flies nowadays. You know, we we continue to see it go further and further. We're not we're no longer stunned if a guy goes up and hits a drive over 400 yards. So, as a golf course designer, knowing what that means, you know, for newer courses when you're on a new project, you know, you need more land, which means more water and more maintenance, and ultimately sort of making everything more expensive and a game that already is expensive to play. Do you cringe when you see, the, you know, guys up there cranking it? You know, we saw, you know, Ricky Fowler hit one over 450 yards. We've seen Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy do that, Justin Thomas as well. Does does it hurt knowing, you know, what uh, what that's going to mean for golf courses and the lengths that we're going to need to go to if a golf course ever wants to host a major championship? Well, it really doesn't bother me at all because the average golfer is really benefiting by the improved equipment. And I think that's what makes the game is the average golfer. And these guys are so accomplished. And uh, when you see these distances, it's basically lots of conditions as well as the equipment. You're not going to see the ball go as far at Del Reef because the fairways are zoysed, much like the fairways we put in at Eastlake for the Tour Championship. And uh, the ball just will not go as far on the zoysia as it does uh, on the fescue grass of, of the British Open or the, the Poanya and the fescue in the, at, at Shinnecock Hills. So uh, I, you're, you're going to see some longer shots in the greens. But what this really does is it really makes the, the golf club design some two of their par fives and convert them into par fours, as we've done at East Lake, as we did at Atlanta Athletic Club, uh, as we've done at Congressional. And that you make it a par 70, and then you take two of the par fives and make them for 520, 530-yard par uh, fours, uh, which really kind of makes them uh, a driver in 500, 600, 700-iron. Uh, what I think what bothers a lot of people is these holes that, um, you know, they have a 580 or 570-yard uh, par five, and they're hitting it with a mid, mid to short iron, and I think that's what bothers people. Henry, the USGA has come under a lot of fire for, you know, setting up and maintaining some of the courses over the last few U.S. Opens. I'm curious, as a, as a golf course designer, get your thoughts. What, what are they not taking into consideration? Or what do you think they need to do differently going forward with some of the U.S. Open hole setups or the, the way the course is set up? So we, you know, we let the golf be the main story and not issues with the, with the USGA itself. Well, I'm, I'm not in the camp that blames the USGA for what happened at Shinnecock Hills. I think to some degree um, it had to do with the wind. It had to do with the fact that uh, unlike Carnoustie, the greens at Shinnecock, some of them are more perched. And so when the ball uh, has a shaved collar, it, it's going to be, it's going to go fall down farther from the hole if you've got these closely mowed areas around the greens. Uh, so I think it really was the fact that uh, some of the greens uh, that they had trouble with had some really kind of severe old type contours, but they they actually did very well with the seventh hole and I think the ninth hole by watering it a little bit more. Uh, so I, I really think the fact that the greens were elevated and when they when they missed uh, the green the part of the green that would hold the shot, then the ball went to a much more difficult uh, final destination, much like what happened to Tiger Woods. He went over the first green, which is not a 
first hole's not a hard hole, but that was closely mowed all the way down to the road. Uh, so the ball went all the way down to the road, and he made triple bogey, double bogey, mainly because uh, when he missed the green, the penalty was much more severe than if, if they had rough around it. Reese, just a couple of more before we let you go. Augusta National recently bought a parcel of land from Augusta Country Club, the land behind the 12th green and the 13th tee in order to lengthen 13 a little bit. They they bought land to do the same at number five to lengthen that hole. Curious, is that something that you might be a part of, helping them uh, redesign both of those holes or at least lengthen them? Oh, no. no Tom Fazio has been working there for 30 years, uh, and they're very happy with him. Um, you know, it's very interesting. My father, with Bob Jones, when he was doing Peachtree in Atlanta, also went over and redid the hole at 13. He put the pond in at number 11, lengthened the 11th hole, uh, built the 16th hole, the par 3, kind of moved the uh, uh, sort of whole different angle, put the pond in, made it a longer hole. And uh, he was worried about distance at that time. Uh, and then uh, when Ben Hogan played, uh interesting you were talking to Ben Hogan, guys before I came on, when Ben Hogan played the 11th hole after he lengthened and put the pond in, and he put mounds in front of it, Ben Hogan said, I want you to know if I if I hit the green, I mishit the shot. He wasn't even going to try it. He was going to bail out to the right. And then years later, Tiger Woods was hitting with a wedge. So they have to lengthen these holes now because of the equipment. So, Reese, I know you mentioned the, the project with Bill at Macklemore. What are some of the other projects you've got working? Well, I'm Flag uh, Rondi in the Dominican. I've got ten holes on the cliffs on the ocean. It's uh, a site like Pebble Beach. Um, it's an unbelievable piece of ground. It also it's playable for the average golfer because there's alternate approaches. I just opened in Zante Bay in Loreto, Mexico, which has probably one of the best par threes in the world, the 17th hole. Um, I'm building a new course in the Catskills uh, for one of the new casino projects. Just opening a course in Alameda, California, uh, with 80% recycled materials. And, uh, we're, uh, we, we just, you know, we opened City Park last year in New Orleans, which, uh, we worked with a tour on that one, uh, and doing a lot of remodeling jobs, re- redoing the Breakers Ocean course right now, Shadowwood in, uh, Naples area, um, a lot of remodeling projects around the country. So, uh, the business is, uh, actually picking up a lot. The game of golf, I think, is healthier these days. Uh, so I just think that uh, you're going to see young people getting into the game. And uh, the millennials may not play as much in their youth, but they're going to play uh, a little bit later when the kids stop going to soccer games and, and different uh, sports that they're playing. So I think the, like, it's a game of a lifetime. I play with my two grandkids a lot, and they love the game. And they've, they've got great swings, and uh, they're going to have them all their lives. So, Reese, how can our listeners stay up to date with all the great things you're doing, whether that's going online to your website or is there a way for them to follow you on social media as well? No, I'm not really interested in social media. Um, so I uh, I let some of my guys do that. Uh, I, I have enough problem with my inbox uh, trying to answer <laughs> everybody. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm just not a social media buff, thank goodness. How how about your website? How can we how can our listeners go check out your website and learn about the things that you're doing and the things that you've well, already www. done? Well, www.reesejonesinc.com. So uh, 
and then uh, you know, uh, th- you know that's how to get a hold of us. And uh, the, the website's pretty interesting. It's uh, and, and we keep it up to date with all the activities. Um, so uh, I think it's, it's kind of a good read. A lot of people compliment me on my website. Well, Reese, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to come back and be a part of the show with me again tonight. It's always a huge thrill to get to spend some time with you. I hope you'll come back again soon, share more of your stories and, and the things that you're working on with us because you're fantastic. Well, maybe we can during the Tour Championship closer to home, okay? Yeah, that would be awesome. I'd love to. Take care, okay. Reese. All the best to you and your family. We look forward to uh, that time of catching up with you later on in the golf season. Great. Thanks, Chris. All right. Take care, Reese. That is the great Reese Jones, and it's always fantastic getting to spend some time with him. And uh, uh, I highly encourage you to go check out his website. He's right. It is really, really good. And uh, to do some research on the things that he has been a part of. Again, designed or redesigned 225 golf courses around the world, and those include seven U.S. Open sites, eight PGA Championship courses, including the one coming up in a couple of weeks, plus five Ryder Cup courses, two Walker Cup courses, and a President's Cup site as well. And like you said, he he redesigned uh, Eastlake Golf Club here in Atlanta, the site of the Tour Championship, one of my favorite golf tournaments of the year. Look forward to being back out on that property uh, here later on this year. And like I said, hopefully we get to to lead into that by having Reese back as uh, part of the show.